And we are live on the air. Welcome to Our Stoop. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me is the shark, Jeff Perini. What's going on, brother? Thursday nights. Very excited. Double whammy. Double dose of the stoop. Mondays and Thursdays. I am... Yep. There's no words. That excited. I, uh... There, there are words. I'm pumped. I'm psyched. I'm ecstatic. I'm excited. Some great times here at the Stoop, man. Not only are we going to do Monday nights, but we're also going to do Thursday nights. And this is our first Thursday night show here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm pumped, man. History in the making. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's going to be a good show. We're going to be joined by up-and-coming country starlet Madeline Victoria. We're going to talk a little bit to her about her single, He Only Loves Me on the Dance Floor. We're going to hear it. We're going to play it here on The Stoop tonight. Uh, we're also going to talk to her a little bit, uh, you know, just a little bit about her future in country music and, and uh, some of her upcoming shows down in Texas. So we're really looking forward to having Madeline Victoria on with us. We want to send out a uh, big shout-out to Michael Stover from MTS Management Group, uh, her manager, for uh, setting this up. Really nice guy. Looking forward to working with him in the future uh, with this show and having more of his artists come on and join us. Um we got a lot of things to talk about, so we're going to jump right into it. And first, we're going to go with our top five list. You know why? Because I love it. I love the top five list here on the stoop, and tonight we got a doozy. We didn't go country music because Jeff and I, unfortunately, don't know enough about it. I know a little bit more than Jeff does, but uh, Jeff said, please, please, no. But, uh, you know, I I listened to my buddy and my cohort here, and uh, we're going to do our, our, our top five classic rock songs. Oh, and I dropped Jeff. Jeff, unfortunately, has left the call. So we're going to get Jeff back in in just a minute. So stay with us, and then we'll do our top five classic rock songs of all time. That's going to be a very, very good one. So let me just get Jeff back in here with us real quick. Unfortunately, we were having some technical difficulties before we went on air, and unfortunately, those technical difficulties are killing us right now so we're going to get to our top five classic rock list uh in in just a moment once jeff perini joins us again and then we're going to get into some uh, points of discussion uh we had some uh, interesting news coming out today we're going to talk a little bit about the foo fighters um which i'm sure everybody has heard about what's going on but like i said we're going to get to our top five rock classic rock songs that jeff and i both like you ready for this one jeff i'm ready for technical difficulty there but i'm ready yeah, we still got some static on the line, unfortunately, but hopefully that'll clear up in a little bit. So, Jeff, I'm going to let you kick it off, man. I want you to throw out your top five classic rock songs that you love. All right. Uh, this was a toughie. This is probably the toughest one uh, I did, but came up with five. Well, I came up with about 305, but I narrowed it down to five. <laughs> um, <laughs> really hard this time. Number five, uh, I'm going to start off with the... Uh, Pink Floyd classic, Comfortably Numb. Um, excellent song with uh, terrific uh, guitar solos. Uh, kind of a neat little psychedelic trip in the mind of uh, mind of somebody, really. It's kind of like a dream sequence. It's just an excellent song. Uh, one of the best. And if you got to pick, uh, pick a Floyd one for these lists, that's got to be mine. Mm. Uh, number four. Number four, Guns N' Roses with uh, Sweet Child of Mine. Uh, that was around the time Guns N' Roses became popular. They had some big hits. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle, of course. Um, Paradise City. Sweet Child of Mine was uh, 
oh, everybody can relate to. Um, again, good guitar stuff, uh, Axel's voice, real strong. So one of the one of my favorites of all time. It made it to number four. Number three, and this is one that uh, a lot of my friends that are listening in are gonna get on the on. It's this Beach Boys. It's good vibrations. Here's a song that just took so much to create, um, and not even on an album. Standalone single uh, was the most expensive song of the time to make, and it's such a great song. It's got so much to it. You're listening carefully to all the different ways instruments are used. It's a tremendous song. Um, number two, the song that pretty much carries an entire generation, an entire genre of music. It smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Um, just an amazing song. It's just the grunge era begins and, and ends with this song. is so much power to it and so much, just says so much to so many people. And number one, yeah. for me, number one got to be Led Zeppelin. But no, not that song, folks. Uh, Cashmere by Led Zeppelin is my number one song. Um, it's got so many different Parts. It takes you all over the place. It's rock and it's a little bit of a, almost like a symphony kind of sound. And Plant's voice is killing it and Paige is all over with it. And to me, it's the strongest song ever. I put it on, I can listen to it a thousand times in a row. Uh, it comes on and just grabs me. And it grabs me and I, I lose the world for those eight minutes and some change. That's my number one song. There's, there's some great ones out there, but for me, here is the Central Rock song. What were uh, some of your runner-ups there, Jeff? Um, the good runner-ups, like Rolling Stone, Bob Dylan, a great number. Uh, of course, Stairway to Heaven got real close, but uh, it's so typical to do Stairway. So Stairway didn't crack the top five. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, yes. uh, Back in Black by ACB, Dream On by Aerosmith. You know, so uh, that's 10. I could have went 110, 310. could have kept on going, but that's the, the five, and it's a uh, close runner-up. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I'm a little. I I, I kind of knew you were gonna go with Cashmere. Um, at at <laughs> I, on, with your number one, I just knew it. I just knew you weren't gonna go with Stairway to Heaven. I knew you weren't one of those people. So I'm I'm glad you went with Cashmere. It's a damn damn good song. Good list. Shocked at your number three though, man. That that took me for a loop. Wasn't expecting that one. I was all about that that era with the, the Beach Boys. I mean, the, the Beach Sound was going away. They were like reinventing themselves and. Brian Wilson, man, he's just going nuts at this point with like, these incredible music and orchestras and, and studio recordings. And I was always a fan. This one really jumps out. One of the best. Absolutely great, great song. So uh, we don't have any the same, just a couple of the uh, same runner-ups we have. But uh, So let me go with, with my list. I have a tie at the five spot again, of course, because I just always have to make things even more difficult for myself. This is probably the hardest <laughs> one we've had to do. Uh, so in my fifth spot, we have two of them. Uh, Mississippi Queen by Mountain. Uh, just one of those songs, man. You just, you just play it, and it's it's still just so kick-ass today. Um, tied with Mississippi Queen is Barracuda by Heart. Uh, one of those songs. Oh. As soon as the guitar riff goes, man, Nancy Wilson, um, and and then Ann Wilson just just ripping her her vocals out, man. Uh, just still an amazing song today. Number four, we got a love triangle between Eric Clapton, George Harrison, and Patty Boyd, and that's Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. Still just a, a, a wonderful, wonderful song from the vocals to the words to the music, to the guitar playing, to the drums going. 
still a, an amazing song. One of those songs that really get you hyped. Number three, Whiskey in a Jar, Thin Lizzy. Huge Thin Lizzy fan. Wow. Um like the Metallica cover, but there's nothing better than the original. Um, you know, Thin Lizzy, man. Nothing gets better there. Number two, I have to go with Freebird, Leonard Skinner. It's still a, an amazing song. Uh, probably lasts about 74 minutes, which makes it even more amazing. So, uh, great song. Freebird by Leonard Skinner. Number one, man. Came into this at my wedding with my wife, Back in Black, ACDC. This is my all-time favorite classic rock song. It's the go-to song. Absolutely love it, Jeff. Absolutely love it. Back in Black by ACDC, just a good one. Some of my runners-up, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, LaGrange, DZ Top, My Sweet Lords, George Harrison, Renegade by Sticks, and You Really Got Me by The Kinks. I mean, nothing sounded harder in 1964 than that song. I mean, that was just... That was just before its time, that song, and it, it, it was hard because anything by Queen could have made the list. Um, pretty much a lot of stuff by ZZ Top could have made it. My Sweet Lord by George Harrison is just a phenomenal song. Renegade by The Sticks, who doesn't know it? And then once again, You Really Got Me by The Kinks, uh, great song. But there were so many others I could have listed, Jeff. This was a hard one. Real hard one. One of the uh, easily the toughest we've done. I, your list is great. I love my list. I like the runners up. This week, you know, one of these days, uh, we'll get to a thousand. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll have, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do some of our uh, top ten lists uh, real, real soon. That's a great thing. So I'll just give a rundown for Jeff's top five classic rock songs that he loves. Uh, number five, Comfortably Numb by uh, Pink Floyd. Number four, Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses. Three. This turned me through a loop. Good Vibrations, Beach Boys. <laughs> Two, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Nirvana. One, Cashmere by the great Led Zeppelin. My list. Tie in the fifth spot again. Mississippi Queen Mountain. Barracuda Heart. Number four, Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. Three, Whiskey in a Jar by the great Thin Lizzy. Two, Free Bird by the awesome Leonard Skinner. And one, Back in Black, ACDC. Good times. Good, good lists. All right, man. We got to talk a little bit about the Foo Fighters, man, because they threw everybody for a loop. We we read some rumors that they were going to break up, that there was a rift between Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters drummer, and then we heard that Dave Grohl was going to take uh, a hiatus from the group, and then we heard that Dave Grohl was going to leave the group and go on to his solo career. They come out with a video that just blew me away. It was one of the funniest things. I didn't know about it until after I got home from work because I thought it was still real because I was listening to the radio this morning and they were talking about how Dave Grohl is going to be leaving. I see the video. Just one of the most amazing, amazing burns. Jeff, did you watch that video today? I watched the video. Hilarious. Then there was even rumors of um, Nick Lachey taking over. Uh, just, uh, just dude, his, his coming Lachey, into the video. Corey, yeah. Which was was amazing. Yeah. Because um, that, that's the kind of thing that you need right now under your your supposedly pretentious rock stars and, and people and celebrities that are you know just too popular, just hilarious. A great thing to do. And I, I first read it on social media. And I was like, what in the heck am I reading right here? And I couldn't believe it. Now I was as shocked as everybody else. Yeah. That's crazy. It was crazy, but man, what, what what a good flip that the Foo Fighters put on this and just really just burned everybody, you know, especially when 
I can't remember what award show it was at, but they asked the drummer, what's going on? He goes, listen, we, we don't really spend much time together outside of the band. We all need a break, but we're all here tonight. Uh, I mean, they were just they were just playing with everybody because, you know what, if you're going to run out there and just keep the rumor mills going and keep the gossip mongers going, um, it's, you know, it's always just going to be, um, you know, just one of those things. So, man, what a great burn by Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. And I'm so happy that Dave Grohl is not leaving because I was upset about it, Jeff. He is the Foo Fighters. Yep, did we lose him again? Yep, we lost Jeff again. Yeah, we're having a lot of technical difficulties here tonight. Such a shame for our first Thursday night show. Jeff will be joining us real, real soon again. Um, not sure what's going on, but anyway, yeah, what a great, great burn uh, by the Foo Fighters. It's just uh, some amazing stuff. Jeff, you're with us again. Uh, with you. Got a little bit of difficulty working through here, but uh should be 100% perfect in a minute. <laughs> All right, you're good now, man. You're good now. No static. This is perfect. So anyway... Great burn by the Foo Fighters. Great, just happy Dave Grohl is not leaving because Dave Grohl is the Foo Fighters. Um, but when they were throwing out some names in and they said Chris Cornell, kind of got me a little excited, man. I'm a big Chris Cornell fan. It's still not Dave Grohl. I think Chris Cornell's voice really isn't a fit for the Foo Fighters, but it would have been interesting to see what happened. Yeah, like I said, um, I heard uh, Corey Taylor and uh, Nick Lachey and like – you know, they started going wild with it right away. They just started going berserk with... Bill Collins? Yeah. <laughs> so, potential replacements uh, actually almost got as funny as the entire rumor itself. Yeah, it was great. But seeing Nick Lachey come in and uh, one of the band members said, wait a minute, I got the perfect voice. And here comes running in Nick Lachey, and they did a cover of Everlong, and it was just hilarious. It, it, was, it was absolutely electric. What a great burn, once again, by the Foo Fighters. Um, glad they're staying together. Uh, let's go into a little bit of football talk. Houston Texans releasing their star running back, Arian Foster. Jeff, shocked? Not shocked. Not shocked. Um, a little disappointed for a guy who uh, kind of came out of nowhere with them and was a premier running back on every aspect. Great hands. Um, he was just a great athlete, but the injury uh, was killing him. And, you know, knew it was time. Uh, and Houston is a team that's trying to make a move, trying to come back around and be a competitive team. They're looking for a quarterback, and the thing you need is this kind of tire right now. So, kind of seen it coming. Kind of seen it coming. Yeah, I uh, was not shocked today when I got that text that the uh, that the Texans released Arian Foster. Um, injury plagued, injury prone, uh, just cannot keep it on the field. And when he does keep it on the field, man, the guy's a stud. The guy is a great running back. Unfortunately. He's had his couple of good seasons, and the life shel- uh, the shelf life for a running back in the NFL is is nowhere near as long as it used to be. And we see that here with Arian Foster, a young running back. Uh, who knows where he's going to go? Who knows how much longer his NFL career has? But it's a uh, you know it that's it that's it for the uh, for the uh, excuse me for the running back Arian Foster from the Houston Texans. Uh, we're going to see if we can get Jeff back in here. Um, he fell out again. Jeff, are you there? I'm here. Great, great. You got a little feedback, though. <laughs> I can hear myself on your end. Okay, let me uh, adjust here. Got some staff members that need a little uh, kick in the... <laughs> a little kick in the pants. <laughs> a little kick in the pants. There we go. I think we're back. There we go. All right, man. We're back in black. ACDC. We got to love it, man. 
That's All like right, the so, number uh, one song on our list. Yes, <laughs> it is, man. Great stuff. Um, I'm going to throw this in here because, man, you know, it's time for some shows to just be done on networks. ABC renewing a bunch of shows. So happy they're renewing the Goldberg. So happy they're renewing Blackish. So happy they're renewing Quantico because the girl in it is hot and we love looking at her. A um, lot, lot of good shows they renewed, but one that they renewed that just needs to be done with. It, it's just the the ideas are done. They're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Is Once Upon a Time. It just needs to die already. Jeff, have you seen it at all? And it's the reason I've watched. Uh, I've watched very little of it, and um, I'm really not a fan. Um, I like Lana Perilla. That's about it. Lana Perilla, however pronounce that. She's fantastic, but. That's so, that even the even somebody to look at just doesn't hold the show up for me that much. So yeah, I mean you know there's some very good actors and actresses on the show. It was a good show. I, I did enjoy it. Um, the last season I watched was the whole uh, Peter Pan thing. Uh, after yeah. that, I really just feel they lost their way and they're just like I said, they're throwing stuff at a wall and seeing if it sticks now. So these are one of those shows that just need to absolutely go. Um, Dustin Hoffman, the great Dustin Hoffman, coming out. And saying that the Oscars have always been racist. So what does the great Dustin Hoffman do instead? Got to love him, man, because I'm a big fan of the team. He goes and watches a New York Knicks game, man. Um, Jeff, Oscars, have, do you believe that they've always been racist? Uh, you've seen Oscars many in the past. Um, I'm sure you didn't really get to watch this one because we, we, we spoke about that. But, I mean, you can't really deny the fact that every single nomination – was a white person. There was rarely any Latinos, rarely any black people. Uh, are the Oscars racist? I, 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 before you answer that, let me just throw it in. I don't believe they're racist. I think they're just dumbass and very backwards. Um, not a fan of, uh, not a fan of award shows, but you know, the Oscars are one thing. And if you want to go racist and, and God forbid reverse racist, which a lot of people don't do, you go to the Grammys. The Grammys are becoming less and less, white um grammys become very latino very uh, african-american uh and the oscars maybe have become more white a lot of white candidates like i said this year uh but you know it's all just who's in talent um that's it's entertainment sports will have your diversity entertainment's going to have your diversity everything's going to have it i think it's more or less people just need to kind of let it flow just go with it and, and enjoy who you enjoy whether they win awards or not yeah I, you know, to me, it's if you know, I I know these are what these actors are are, are really working for. Um, they're working for, you know, for the prestige. They're working to be the next best thing. And you know, getting an Oscar that really shows you that hey, you know, where you're you're being recognized as as this great actor. It was a, you 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 just did a phenomenal job in a movie or a TV show. So keep it going. And I know that's a big thing, but man, there's been so many what what. What bothers me is that we've always we've always heard about Leonardo DiCaprio. He doesn't win. He doesn't win. He doesn't win. He doesn't win. Yet we have 88 year old composer Ennio Morricone, brilliant man. If 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 you don't know him, I guarantee you've heard his music. If you watched anything from Fistful of Dollars to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, pretty much anything with spaghetti western wise, Clint Eastwood. I mean, the guy's music is in everything. He's in the new Hateful Eight, the Quentin Tarantino movie. His his composing is brilliant. He's been nominated so many times over so many years, even before Leonardo DiCaprio was born. He won his first one last week, yet we hear nothing about it. So I, I don't think that they're necessarily racist. I just really think that they're stupid, they're ass backwards, 
things need to be changed. And I think that having a little bit of everybody on the board is good. Having the blacks, having the whites, having the Asians, having the Latinos, having you know you know the people who don't speak English, having the people who do speak English. I think you need a little bit of everybody. You need diversity in life, in no matter what it is. And I think that the Oscars um, just really need to change it up. But man. Huge kudos to Dustin Hoffman, man, watching the New York Knicks game. I'm sure he was bored to tears with that one as well. So, well, at least he's not watching the Sixers game. That would have killed the poor guy. So, hey, man, listen, I'd rather watch Ish Smith <laughs> right now, man. I do like the Ish Smith. I like Ish Smith. Uh, probably the best thing to look at on this team right now, and uh, he'll walk at the end of the year, probably. But probably, yeah. Um, little bit, a little bit of basketball news just came over the newswire. Uh, Ty Lawson, point guard from the Houston Rockets, who was just bought out this week, just signed with the Indiana Pacers. Man, so what a weapon for Paul George, man. That is going to be, that's going to be one of those underrated pickups, man. That are going to blast Pacers right into the playoffs, man. And who knows, man, if they click, man, we're going to see something special there in Indiana. Very good signing by uh, Larry Bird. I hope, I hope so. Uh, enough LeBron. Enough LeBron news. Enough LeBron on TV. Uh, get somebody else in there for a change. Uh, I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about all these reboots and remakes in, in TV. Um, you know, the news of the day, Fuller House being renewed for season two. Thank God, because I absolutely love the first season of Fuller House. Binge watched it with my wife in a day and a half. Absolutely phenomenal. Kudos to Jeff Franklin and everybody else, including the cast, for a wonderful job they did. Um, but we have so many remakes, uh, you know, Girl Meets World, which is a, which was the reboot of Boy Meets World. I think it's really good. So does my wife. We really enjoy it. Um, but now we, you know, we got all these movies now coming out, uh, Ghostbusters being remade with a, with an entire female cast. Um, you know, Jeff, is it okay to reboot and remake things? And at the same time, is there movies and TV shows that shouldn't be touched because they were so amazing in the first place? And is Ghostbusters one of them? Uh, Ghostbusters was a, a classic on a lot of levels because you had um, the classic comedians, the Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and the, the late great Howard Ramis. And it, it was very different. Something we hadn't seen. It was, kind of a goofy premise, but it turned out to be a great premise. And uh, that's one of them you leave alone. And you talk about TV shows, and I know you said you liked um, this Girl Meets World, but Boy Meets World was everybody's growing up. I mean, that was the coming of age, and uh, Topanga yeah. was coming of age for the young boys. And now to me, the, the show is just fluffy. And, uh, you know, remakes to me, it, it's got to be handled with kid gloves. It's got to be done very creatively. And I don't see creativity. I see them. A lot of these uh, movie guys taking a name and like, hey, look, look what it is, Ghostbusters again, you know, stuff like that. You know, and and that's why you know we we're just hearing everything now. Uh, Charmed, which was Alyssa Milano, Shannon Doherty, um, it, it used to be on the CW network. There now they're discussing a reboot of that TV series. Which you know, if you go with the original cast and you see what they're doing years later, like you said, if it's handled appropriately and it's done the the best way it can be done possible, it's going to be great. You know, it's going to be good. Gilmore Girls is coming back. Um, oh you know, now we're hearing of, of a remake of Mary Poppins. I'm sorry, but that's one of those movies that can't be touched, man. You're looking at Emily Blunt to play Julie Andrews' part. And um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy from the play Hamilton is uh, playing Dick Van Dyke's part, possibly is being rumored. Those are one of those movies that you can't touch. Um, they did it to Total Recall. I thought the remake was absolutely hard. did not like it. They did it to Fright Night 
which is a classic, classic 80s horror movie. And they did it to that, and I thought that was just as horrible. I couldn't even bear to watch it. And they did it with Arthur. Dudley Moore's Arthur. Yes. You know, oh my God. It was brilliant. There was, it was one of those <laughs> movies that were that was so brilliant. And then they remade that. It, it, seriously, man, it was absolutely hard. I got 20, 25 minutes to it. I had to turn it off. I thought it was disgusting. So there's certain things to me that's fine to remake. And there are other ones that, listen, you can't touch it. You know, you just can't touch it. It's a legendary movie. You know, it, that's like trying to remake Dr. Zhivago. You know, trying to remake Scarface, The Godfathers. Uh, trying to remake, you know, 80s classics. Like, they're going to do a remake of Big Trouble in Little China. And instead of Kurt Russell playing Jack Burton, it's going to be The Rock, Dwayne Johnson playing him. So, you know, oh certain God. things you just can't touch. Yeah. You know, you really can't touch. Uh, Ghostbusters, it looks absolutely horrible to me. Um, I'll give it a whirl when it comes out, but I know for a fact I'm probably not going to get even halfway through it before I turn it off. So. Well, I've got uh, Melissa McCarthy, so that shuts me out right there. Um, oh, I agree. I absolutely not agree. Not a fan. Not a fan. All no right, so, um, it happened in Monday Catching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. So, <laughs> let's get into a uh, into a little country music talk right now. We're going to be joined by our guest right now, Madeline Victoria. What's going on, Madeline? Hi, <laughs> hi guys. How are y'all? We're great. Doing you? great. Thank you for joining That's us. Good. We really we really appreciate it. Um, we'll 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 jump right into it. We know you're busy. Um, we're going to listen to your single a little bit later. He only loves me on the dance floor. Um, it, it's just making its way around the country music circuit. What kind of feedback? Have you been getting on uh, one of your newest songs so far? Well, it's all been very positive. Um, a lot of people really can relate to this song, uh, especially here in Texas. And I'm, I'm not that I'm surprised, but all over, all over the world, everyone's like, "Hey, that's my song." You know, I can relate to that. And whether you know, it really is at a dance hall or just at a bar or something, or or you yeah. know, somebody that you shouldn't really, you know, be talking to, and you just can't help yourself. I guess it's just kind of that same story that that we all can relate to, and it, it's just been awesome. And I'm so glad everyone's been uh, been liking it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know I agree. It's definitely a story everybody can relate to. Um, you know, Jeff and I were both city guys. He's from Philly. I'm from New York City. Not a big country music scene. Um, we're we're not in, in, insane country music fans, as you can probably tell. But you know, we we knew of some of the older country music artists, and uh, you know, me, I I absolutely fell in love with Casey Musgraves uh, since she's come out. So I'm starting to get a little bit more into it. But then listening to this, it, it's 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 got that newer vibe of of being able to tell a story really good so we really enjoyed it here and we can't wait to play it a little bit later for uh, our listeners and uh hopefully they'll love it just as much um awesome you got you got the number 27 on the indie world country record chart how is how how is that is that is that just a big accomplishment for you in the, in the country music scene oh definitely especially you know being an indie artist and uh any any charts that i could get on right now like especially that one and, and right now we're ugly like anything that we could do to to just really push it and promote it to everyone, um, more and more people is just amazing to me. And you know, of course, I've got I've got big big goals, but those are right now my 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 big goals at this level of my career. And I'm I'm just so excited about about it all. It's it's been great. Absolutely. So uh, you know, talking about that, what what are your future plans for your music career? Do you have Are you working on a new album? What's going on? Yes, definitely. I'm I'm constantly writing. Um, you know, I've been writing since I was a. Uh, you know, in my just as I turned as a teenager, and and I've been always writing and have songs that I'm just ready to get out there a lot more. And but you know, we're waiting for the right time, waiting for the right um, you know producers. I mean, I could say you know, money's a factor. We gotta we gotta make it you know worth it as well. And 
Um, I want to start doing that in the summertime. I want to do my first full-length album. I had I had an EP done even before this one, but it's not really available anymore. But, you know, I, I'm really excited about the getting my full-length album done and out there. And so that's what I want to really start promoting in the summertime Then getting into, mm-hmm. you know, booking, you know, around uh, everywhere, all over the U.S. a lot more. And then eventually, mm-hmm. you know, that's my biggest goal in my career. You know, some may say, you know, Grammys or stuff like that, which would be awesome. But my main focus is really getting uh, getting on tour, getting out there and selling out shows and the day that I can sell on a nationwide tour is just, uh, it would be amazing. Absolutely. I know you have a, a few shows coming up, so we'll just plug them real quick for you right here. Uh, coming up real soon, actually, March 17th at the Doghouse Bar and Grill in Brownsville, Texas, and March 18th, Little Woodrose in San Antonio, Texas. Um, do you still get nervous going on stage? Because it seems you've been performing for a while now. Yes, I, I, I have been performing for a long time. And, and no, actually, I don't get I don't get that nervous anymore. If anything, really? it's more of a of anxiety maybe, more of the anxious mm-hmm. feeling, like I want to get it done, I want to get out there, I want to get on the stage, and that's when I'm actually a lot more comfortable. And I've been told this by different DJs and by different, you know, people in the industry that they could see that. They could see me kind of like not, you know, my head's like, you know, if they're talking to me, I try to pay attention as much as I can, but like I'm really focusing on getting getting out to the stage and uh, really, and then they say, yeah, there's a big difference where I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable when I'm out, out there already performing. And then after the performance, of course, I can relax and, and talk to everybody. But, yeah, nerves, nerves of uh, – gone away a little bit <laughs> that's great that's great because if you hit the big time and you uh like you said man country music awards and everything you're going to be uh performing yeah. in front of some pretty big people so yeah you got to get rid of the butterflies <laughs> with that so. <laughs> yes and i'm, I'm ready <laughs> yeah absolutely um so let's talk a little bit about you personally uh you know with your singing and your music career who what or who helped you uh become a singer what really drove you to become a singer what drove you to be into the country music scene being, um, man, I've been surrounded by music uh, in, in my whole life. I, I could say my first influences come from, people say that I was just naturally singing, but I also think it's because of my family, just my uncles and my cousins. They're really talented uh, musicians and singers and even songwriters, and they never really did anything professional with their with their talent. And I saw that growing up. I would, you know, family get-togethers, uh, you know, what, what every time we got together and, and I can hear them play and sing, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do, too, and um, I always thank them for, for doing that for me, and they, you know, have helped me so much and so much support from my family. So that mm. is where I really, uh, really got that influence. My my dad it always showed me a lot of the 90s country. You know, we love all kinds of music. I love even cl- classic rock, and, and uh, southern rock is also also my favorite other uh, genre. But uh, country, my dad, I, I really just, just something about it that really, uh, you know, got me going and, and to the choice that, I, you know, I wanted to sing country music. I listened to George Strait, uh, Brooks and Dunn, Alan Jackson, um, all of those, you know, top 40 uh, country singers back in the 90s, and uh, that was just a major, major influence on me as well, especially George Strait. And then as I got a little older into my teenage years, I did research on my own. I would, you know, look up Johnny Cash and the older mm-hmm. ones, Patsy Cline, uh, Loretta Lynn, and it just, it just, man, everything put together is how, I, uh, how I'm inspired and all my influences. That's great. Is, is there any one of them that just, like, really stood out to you, like, when you were just listening to their album or their songs, you're like, wow, this is just, this, you know, I want to be like her or him. Like, that's the one that really drove you to do this. I really can't choose just one. It's so hard for me because I feel like so many aspects, but I have I have a top three, I have, and they're all different. They're all, it's, it's crazy. I have, I mean, I mentioned George Strait, Johnny Cash, and even, I don't know if you've heard of uh, the late Sahano singer, uh, Selena. I know the, the movie yeah, about her, but maybe you've seen it with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, her and, and her career and her music and her performance ability and her talent on stage is 
I was a little girl saying, I want to be just like her. And then as far as, okay, you know, what genre am I going to do? What she did, Tejano, am I going to? So I really had, uh, I had George Strait and, and uh, Johnny Cash really influence me in that. Those are my top, top, top guys. <laughs> yeah, you can't go any better there, right? So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, you know what, we did? We always do a top five list here on The Stoop, and tonight we did our top five all-time classic rock songs. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the hot seat right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just – Yes. You just have to answer this. So what's your okay. all-time number one classic rock song? Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see. There's, there's anything from the Eagles. Okay, let me let me let me think of uh Eagles Eagles. Oh my goodness, I didn't expect this. <laughs> um my gosh. Take it easy. I mean that's that's my Great that's song. my everything song. Uh take it easy. Great you know, I I could work out to it, I could song write, well, you know, influence, everything, everything is that song right there. That's a great song. And now since That's Jeff great. was a little nervous to do a top five country list, Jeff, let's <laughs> ask her, what's your all-time top country song now, Madeline? There we go. <laughs> oh, gosh. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, let me see. Let me see. <laughs> Mine is uh, Hearing Loves Me on the Dance Floor by Madeline Victoria. There you go. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sweet. Well, I'm going to have to go with Man, a song that could just make me cry because you know country's supposed to be real sad. Uh, what? Hmm, 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 I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> door straight. Door straight. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be a girl, a real girl about this. Uh, she'll leave you with a smile. That's uh, something oh. I can listen to uh, all the time. And uh, I know I have like I can't ever put number one or number two. I can't place them. Yeah. But that's definitely my top five. Um, She'll leave you with a smile by Doris Strait. I can I can see his concerts. Um, I've been to his concerts twice, and that that just um, hits my heart, and you know means a little something to me as far as the words go. And then also, um, you know, just just everything about his career to me in that point when that song was out, and and um, it's just um, awesome for me. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's it's hard, especially when we put people on the hot seat, because when we do the list, we have a data prep and look at. All these songs. I mean, we've had 30, 40, 50, 60 songs listed, and we always talk and say, I think we need to do like a top 50 list, but I don't know if people would actually want to listen to that for an hour. So it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. No, so no. I, yes. And later, I commend you like, for doing it. Yeah, I should have said this one later, but no, it's okay. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. So you know what you can do? You can tweet us later, and you can say, no, this is this is it, and then we'll throw it up on Twitter so everybody yeah, can say, oh, no, perfect. it wasn't George Strait, but it was another George Strait song. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Awesome. I'll do that. Absolutely. Um, I read online, and don't know if this is true, so I'm going to ask you, because I love them, the Charlie Daniels Band. Did you open for them? Yes, I did. I, I, <sighs> I had. It was amazing. <laughs> awesome. That is that is great. Did you get to meet Charlie Daniels? I actually did. Um, you know, <sighs> I, that was a show with myself, another Texas artist, and Charlie Daniels, and um, I got to go backstage and talk to him a little bit, and and I I knew exactly what I wanted to talk to him. But sometimes it's like, man, what do I say or what do I do? Or, uh, but I knew because I know that he was friends with Freddie Fender, and Freddie Fender is my uh, is one of my influences. Well, he's from my hometown, San Benito, Texas. I I was born in Harlingen, Texas, but I grew up in San Benito, right next door. And Freddie Fender was originally from there, and so I got to ask him about you know how how was Freddie back then, and how how were they friends? And he just went off on so many stories, and I loved it. I mean, just listening it's like a like a you know i mean he's an older man and and just like you know when you're sitting down listening to your grandfather telling stories back in the day it's like that but you know you're musical 
musical grandfather. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. And it just, I took so much uh, from that and inspired me so much. And also the band. I mean, those guys are just so talented. And mm-hmm. um, I just, I, they were just so sweet and nice and encouraging to me. And, you know, just, just so great. So great. I loved it all. It was a great experience. That must have been amazing. I would, that, that's one of those guys that I would just love to sit down with and talk to for hours and just listen to him. I, I think he yes. must have some uh, amazing stories. So when I read that, I said, oh, I have to ask her. I know it said other bands. I know it said uh, the Zach Brown Band, which is phenomenal, uh, you know, great group of guys. But, man, when I saw the yes. Charlie Daniels Band, I almost uh, lost. I, I actually fangirled a little bit there for a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> little screech and everything, huh? Yeah, a little screech. Yeah, absolutely. I actually turned around. And I said to my wife, "Oh my god!" No, I didn't do that. But it was <laughs> no, but that's really that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so you, you you've opened for some really good bands. So if if Jeff and I had some kind of a magical power or a thing called connections, and we could give you one wish, and that wish being of uh, of either a singer or a band that you could tour with or open for, who would that one person or band be? I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with George Strait. I feel like <laughs> right now in my career, as far as like you know, just having him and his influence, and I just I don't know. It just goes always in my mind. Like people ask me that, and it could be anybody, but I feel like George Strait and what he's done with the industry. I want I want to do the exact same thing. And people might say like, oh, that's scary to say. You never know what's your backup plan. But you know, I just I that's what I want to do. I mean, I want to have those those singles, those hits, I want to sell at the shows, I want to be I want to be that big with with my fans and I want the fans to appreciate me as much as they appreciated George George Strait for throughout the years. So, I mean, I just man, he's one of my my biggest influences and that would be amazing to uh, I even have a couple songs that I would love to sing with him, you know, a duet. I I wrote I know he, you know, he loves to sing um Spanish music and mm-hmm. so I have one that's like half English, half Spanish, kind of country, kind of like you know, Spanish flair to it, so I think he'd enjoy that too very much, and I, and I hope, you know, one day, one day it will come true. <laughs> I we hope so for you. Have you ever had the chance to meet George Strait? No, not meet him. No, I have okay. not. I've just uh, seen his concerts, uh, you know, but I will yeah. one day. <laughs> yes, you will. We can we 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 can feel that now. Um, before we let you go, um, can you tell us a little bit? You do a lot of charity work, but can you tell us a little bit about something you put together, being the uh, Octave Higher Christmas? Yeah, definitely. I um, I started this about, you know, like you said, I've always done a lot of charity work throughout my high school years. We even did community service uh, competitions, and we'd go and compete na- nationwide, and that's my favorite thing to do. And so about five years ago, I just started uh, Octave Higher Christmas, and meaning really just kind of like a, just to go out there and make somebody's lives a little, a little, you know, better, a little higher, just like an octave higher. And um, I chose, and every year I pretty much choose these children at the hospital, and uh, I either go sing to them. I one year I made them teddy bears um, from scratch. You know, me and my mom, we got some, we just sewed up some teddy bears and took them to uh, a couple hospitals here in South Texas. And uh, it was just, just to see, you know, like I said, just to bring a little cheer to them because you know, not Christmas time is supposed to be a happy time and. And it is for a lot of people, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, say anything bad about it, but, I mean, not. I always, this is my thing, you know, I, I'm always yeah. thinking about those who, who don't, who, who can't be happy, you know, during the holidays. And even mm-hmm. uh, for myself, I was a little girl, and I was in the hospital one time during the holidays, and, um, I, you know, somebody brought me a teddy bear, so I feel like, you know, just give it back, pay it forward, and um, I just, uh, you know, that's what I want to do. It's in my heart, and um, also I put together a concert for them sometimes. One year we did a big big concert event for the special education department of my school district um mm-hmm. 
uh, we did that one. So it's just every time, any time that we could do an event, and eventually I want to do a big benefit concert, you know, in the future I want to make it really big nationwide. And uh, any time during the Christmas time, just have an octave higher Christmas for different organizations and, and children all over the U.S. who are not having a good time on Christmas. Oh, <laughs> We've got to make it a little a little better for them. <laughs> that's absolutely wonderful. You're 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 a phenomenal person. We we are totally enjoying talking to you, and you definitely have two new fans here. Um, absolutely oh. wonderful. You can uh, find out more about Madeline at MadelineVictoriaMusic.com. And then once again, for everybody down in Texas, March 17th at the Doghouse Bar and Grill in Brownsville, Texas. March 18th, Little Woodrow's in San Antonio, Texas. And once again, you can go to MadelineVictoriaMusic.com to find out about more of her shows. She's got a lot of them going down in Texas right now. So, Madeline, once again, uh, I'm going to ask you this one real quick thing. We'll let you go, and then we're going to play your single. Where are we going to see you in three years? Three years, you're going to definitely see me uh, touring all over the U.S. And, uh, you know, my, my CD will be selling selling like hotcakes um <laughs> and also you know, hopefully I, I, I will not i will not i'll always <laughs> want to come back with you guys i know michael sober put this together and i thank him yes. for that and I'll, I'll tell him i want to come back with you guys and, and chat with y'all exactly when you're on the uh, country music awards and you're winning it big just remember you can come back here whenever you like we love it <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> great thank you so much Madeline. you have yourself a good one okay y'all too thank you thank Thanks, you Mel. okay bye and that was Madeline Victoria, the up-and-coming country starlet. She is a really phenomenal person, Jeff. She is just down-to-earth, so charitable. Um, wow. I'm, I'm a big fan. Seriously, I am. I'm a big fan. For anybody out there that doesn't know her and you listen and uh, check out her, her song and uh, check out her pictures, she's adorable. Obviously, her personality's great. The music's good. This girl could be really be something. She's fantastic. Absolutely. And you know what? We can check out the music right now because we're going to play her single, He Only Loves Me on the Dance Floor, right now. So we'll get back to you right after it.
That is that is my favorite country song. There it is. It's it's great, man. Madeline is is just an like insanely it. talented, um, wonderful, phenomenal, charitable, ad- adorable country starlet. I mean, she she really gained you, you she she gained fans. I mean, she gained a a fan from New York City and a fan from Philadelphia. That's uh, absolutely. You know the uh, the juvenile delinquents that we once were are now country fans. So <laughs> unbelievable. We've come yeah. full circle. <laughs> Once again, you can check out Madeline at MadelineVictoriaMusic.com. We're gonna put it up on Facebook later. Um, her, uh, I think, I think she has a video on YouTube. If she does, we'll take that and we'll put it up on our Facebook, um, at the Stoop on Facebook, and then also we'll tweet it out as well on Twitter at the Stoop Radio One, the number one, because we are number one. At least that's exactly. What we're so, we're, uh, uh, thank we're you. discovering all this talent, people. Yeah, it's. it's it's great. You know, we want to thank Madeline once again for joining us. We want to thank our manager, Michael Stover from MTS Management for setting this up. Um, we cannot wait to have her back on. Uh, hopefully when she releases her new album, we'll get her on here and uh, maybe she'll uh, let us debut one of her songs for her. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Really would love that. Um, we got some great, great, great stuff coming up, Jeff. Um, great. Really good shows. March is just already taking off. Um, our first Thursday night show, I have to say, was a success with the country starlet, Madeline Victoria. I had a good time with her. What about you? I had a great time. Uh, outside of some technical difficulties, I got to fire some staff in the morning, get some new crew in here. But uh, that's I left. Terrific. <laughs> <laughs> They're union, man. You can't fire them. Yeah, I know. And I'll love them later for it. We'll all talk about it afterwards. But uh, That's all right. Yeah, great, you know what? Great stuff. It, it wouldn't be good without some technical difficulties. It shows you that, hey, we're two guys who love to do this. We're not on Sirius XM. We're not on AMRF, and which hopefully one day we would be. That's yeah. something we strive for, and I think uh, <laughs> we would uh, have an amazing show. Uh, if somebody's listening out there, we are more than welcome to do AM, FM, or Sirius Satellite Radio. would be great. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, promote some of the shows for the rest of uh, March. March 7th, this upcoming Monday, Nick Arcade. It's Phil Moore, the host, is coming to join us. We're going to talk about Nick Arcade. We're going to talk about the Danger Zone. We're going to talk about video games in the past and video games of today. And awesome. that's another guy I'll probably fangirl over a little bit because, man, who, who, <laughs> if, if you grew up on Nick Arcade, you always wanted to be on that show because you always thought you could do better than the next person. So we're going to talk to him about all of that and so much more. March 10th, we're going to be joined by metal guitarist Xander Demos, and we're going to play some of his tracks right here on The Stoop. March 14th, we just got this going. Lorraine Lewis from the 80s rock group, Femme Fatale, who is now reformed. And if you don't remember them, I guarantee you do. Go look up Femme Fatale on Google and YouTube. Um, She's going to grace us with her presence here on The Stoop. And then March 17th, he's buff. He's all the stuff. Pro wrestling star from WCW, Buff Bagwell. Looking forward to that one, man. That's going to be a great, great program. So amped for Buff Bagwell. That is going to be great. Buff stuff, and uh, the girls can't get enough. That is the truth. So we're going to talk to Buff (laughs) about his his, his career in WCW. We're going to talk to him about his stint in WWE and what he's got going on now, which I could say what he's got going on now because I just got off the phone with him a couple of days ago, but... I'm going to let that all come out. So it's, it's it's going to be a good show. We're going to get into some pro wrestling. We're going to get back into rock. We're going to talk a little TV and video games with uh, Nick Arcade's Fillmore. And we have some more guests coming. 
And it's just it's just nonstop. The guests just keep coming into the stoop. They're joining us. They're sitting on our stoop, and they're talking to us pretty much about everything, Jeff. So it's it's just it's going great here. Um, and, and we also want to send out a, a, a huge shout out and a special thank you to our wonderful listeners um, and our followers here. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this. The numbers are rising. It's one it's one of the reasons why we're one of the hottest shows here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, so thank you for all of your uh, support and please, if you can follow us on Facebook, it's just the stoop. You can't miss it. And also follow us on Twitter at the stoop radio one. Good times, Jeff. Great times. Always great times. How do you feel after your, uh, your first Thursday show here at the stoop? I feel terrific. I want to go another hour. Who wants to go another hour? Anybody. I mean, That'd be great. No That'd be great. Let's no get another guest calling in. Uh, who can we get at the <laughs> last moment to call in for the last uh, 39 minutes that we have scheduled? But uh, I, I wish we could. But who knows? We might go two hours. We might even go three. You never know what can happen here at the Stoop. Things are blowing up. Things are getting great. Once again, it's why we're one of the hottest shows here on Blog Talk Radio. So let's just run through it again real quick. March 7th, Nick Arcade's Fillmore. March 10th, Metal Guitarist Xander Demos. March 14th, Lorraine Lewis of Femme Fatale. Pumped for that. And March 17th, pro wrestling star Buff the Stuff Bagwell. It's going to be some great, great times here. Huge thank you to Madeline Victoria for joining us tonight. Absolutely adorable. Please listen to the recorded version of the show if you didn't get to hear her interview as well as her uh, her single, He Only Loves Me on the Dance Floor. It's some great stuff, and you can visit her and learn all about her at MadelineVictoriaMusic.com. So for my buddy the shark, Jeff Perini, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We'll see you all Monday when Phil Moore is here. Have a good weekend.